Hey, I'm Dr. Kira Barr, and welcome to the Skinny Dipping Prescription Podcast, where we're stripping away the mindset blocks, myths, and misinformation about tough and taboo topics that are getting in the way of you living, looking, and feeling your best. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal who happens to be a dual board certified integrative dermatologist, certified mind-body medicine practitioner, and emotional transformation coach, which means we're blending science with soul to redefine skincare as the embodiment of your lived experience through no BS conversations, straight up truths, and tangible, actionable advice that will help you strengthen connections, confidence, and amplify your resilience. Every episode, you get a prescription on how to strip it down, do the work, and experience pleasure on a whole new level. So pull up a seat, make yourself comfortable, and dare to bear all, because I promise you that getting naked has never felt this good. Hey, skinny dippers. We are at the beginning of a new year, and the last few weeks, and currently, there's a ton of marketing and rhetoric around new year, new you messaging, with lots of offers, advice, and lists of shoulds you need to incorporate into your already never-ending list to ensure you're the next best version of yourself in 2023 so you crush your goals, anti-age, and live happily ever after. And I'm here to say, we are going to be stripping all that BS down in this episode. By now, you probably already know how I feel about the term anti-aging. And if you don't, in a nutshell, I think it's awful. It's a terrible term because why in the world would I want to be anything anti about the gift I get every morning I wake up. The truth is we are aging. There's no way around that truth. Are there habits, behaviors, and ways of being that can support healthy aging, slow down the process, repair damage done over time with lifestyle factors like prioritizing sleep or eating a low glycemic whole food plant power diet and using movement as medicine and managing stress with mindfulness, meditation, breath work, and all the tools I teach my students and clients? Absolutely. Listen, I discussed many of them in earlier episodes, so if you haven't listened to those, definitely check those out. But I am not down with being anti-anything about ourselves. And in this episode, I'm going to strip down exactly why that is, not just because I think so, but because of the evidence-based research that spotlights exactly why we need to stop trying to become some sparkly new version of ourselves. And instead, Use 2023 as an invitation and opportunity to be more of you, the real you, the messy, midlife, making mistakes and owning them and making stuff up as we go because we are done pretending that the status quo is still working when it's not version of ourselves. (laughs) This is the unfamiliar, perhaps unrecognizable version you haven't seen in a long time or maybe ever. And in this episode, we're going to change that. So I want you to grab your favorite beverage, a journal, an open mind, and let's go. All right. I'm also just going to take a moment here just to pause and just invite us all to take a nice, slow, deep inhale. Just feeling your feet on the ground, feeling the support of the surface beneath you as we arrive in this moment. Because At the end of last year, and now as this year is kicking off, I've been in a reflective mood, and I would anticipate that many of you have as well, right? It's just what happens at this time, this season. So upon my own reflection, and after speaking to so many women over the last few months, 
I wanted to be honest and, and share one of the ways that I didn't realize how much I was hurting myself and how we as a collective are hurting ourselves, especially right now. So here it is. After going on about the shoulds earlier, when I'm being honest, I should on myself a lot. I should on myself about posting on social media more for my business because I don't like it. <laughs> but I feel like it's this necessary thing that I should be doing. I should make more of an effort to network and get myself out there, which is really hard for an introvert like me. I should share more about the projects, media, and collaborations I've done. But here's the thing. All that shoulding is exhausting. It creates tension in my shoulders, makes my jaw clench, makes me procrastinate. It spins me up in anxiety and messes with my mood. And quite frankly, it makes me want to run and hide under a rock. <laughs> the end result is that those I shoulds quickly become I won'ts and I don'ts. And the vicious cycle starts all over again. And I'm starting my whole list of uh, shitting all over myself. And when we zoom out and really examine what the should really means, it's our way of idealizing our self-image to mold and meld ourselves into a version that might be more worthy of praise, acceptance, and enoughness. But in reality, all it does is make us miserable. We wind up bathing ourselves in all the uncomfortable emotions like guilt and shame, anxiety and regret, and then feel tension and fatigue. All the things that we were trying to avoid in the first place. <laughs> when we should on ourselves, in reality, we're turning away from who we truly are. Our essence, our wants, our desires, our truest selves. And we outsource our authority and our agency to things and people and ideals outside of ourselves. And the end result is that we put on a mask of people-pleasing and perfectionism and hide under layers of actions, habits, words, thoughts, and emotions to shield ourselves from feeling rejection, disappointment, and grief. If others don't like what we're offering, what we're saying, what we're doing, how we're being, what we look like, all the things. So we go round and round and we should on ourselves some more to try and convince ourselves to be different than who we are, some better version of ourselves in the new year so that others might find us more attractive, more likable, more lovable, more worthy. And we abandon ourselves for an illusion of who we think we should be. We abandon ourselves for a delusion that who we think that is, is better than who we truly are. And the cost isn't simply the discomfort of trying to be something or someone else. The cost isn't simply the energy expended trying to do all the things we think we should be doing to better ourselves and the feelings of doubt, insecurity, or frustration when we fall short of those unrealistic expectations. No, the cost is actually much greater. Every time we should on ourselves, we deny how we think, how we truly feel. We suppress or repress our emotions in favor of being accepted by others in our desire to experience our basic needs for connection and belonging that haven't been met along the way. But the cost of repressing our emotions isn't just a short-term debt we incur. It's a long-term deficit for our health, our longevity, our lives. Talk about the worst possible quote-unquote anti-aging strategy, right? I told you I was going to call BS on all of it because here's why it matters. And I'm going to get a little sciencey here and share some studies to help highlight why acknowledging our authentic feelings and our own authenticity of 
who we are matters so much, especially as women. One of the most devastating dermatologic conditions is scleroderma, which is also known as systemic sclerosis. And it's an autoimmune condition that involves the hardening and tightening of skin. And it can also cause problems in blood vessels, internal organs, lungs, and the digestive tract. And as the disease progresses, specifically as it pertains to the skin, that thickening and hardening of the skin becomes like this strangulating suit of armor that limits mobility, function, quality of life, and may ultimately cause the end of life. There are several studies that have looked at negative emotion like anger, depression, and anxiety in scleroderma patients, and more specifically, the repression of emotions in these patients. There was a study by Kearney and colleagues that, and I'm going to put the references in the show notes, don't worry. So there's this study by Kearney and colleagues who looked at the impact that early nurturing experiences had on influencing emotional regulation and the body's physiologic reactivity and found that individuals with systemic sclerosis were more likely to not have had their needs of safety and comfort met as kids, which is actually really important because there was another study by Gilbert and colleagues that suggested that not feeling safe and content is associated with low self-kindness and development of self-criticism, which lends itself to actions and behaviors like making long lists of shoulds, people-pleasing, repressing emotions, and forsake their true nature to try and meet the needs of safety and comfort that they didn't get met as kids. So I'll name that there are many other examples of stories of women, including one told to me personally by a colleague about his wife who experienced emotional neglect, abuse, or both his children who as adults exhibited behavior that others would describe as they are being the sweetest, kindest, most gracious and giving individuals involved in their communities, always saying yes to volunteer and opportunities, even when they were too busy and they would forgo their own obligations to help others because that's what they thought they should do. And then later, these individuals went on to be diagnosed with systemic sclerosis and many perished because of it. Now listen, I'll acknowledge that systemic sclerosis, it may be one of the more rare autoimmune conditions, but it's still three times more common among females. And I think it's also worth noting that about 70 to 80% of sufferers of all autoimmune disease are women. So I don't think I'm saying anything surprising by highlighting that the spoken and unspoken rules, expectations, and assumptions of our patriarchal society significantly influences and impacts marginalized individuals, especially those socialized as women. Repression of emotion isn't limited to autoimmune disease. There are countless studies that detail similar data regarding individuals diagnosed with many times of cancer, including breast, lung, melanoma, and non-melanoma cancer, as well as many other dermatologic as well as non-dermatologic conditions. And while I'm highlighting women here, there is evidence showing this affects all genders. So why does this happen? It's because repressing emotions is a source of stress and stressful experience can influence the immune response through the psychoneuroimmunoendocrine pathway. Okay. I know that was a mouthful, (laughs) but that's just a really big word, meaning that our brains, our nervous system, our immune system, and our endocrine system, the latter of which is comprised of organs like your adrenal glands and your thyroid that are responsible for producing hormones that regulate functions, ensuring our survival as well as metabolism. And all of these systems and organs communicate with each other constantly so that our bodies can function optimally. So the stress of repressing emotions influences that psychoneuroimmunoendocrine pathway along with the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis 
through the release of hormones like cortisol or catecholamines like norepinephrine and epinephrine and pro-inflammatory chemicals called cytokines like interferon, gamma, interleukin-6, TNF-alpha, and many others, leading to a dysregulation of our nervous system, impacts how our immune system functions, and it creates excessive inflammatory reactions involved in disease states like autoimmunity, cancer, and chronic inflammatory conditions, which essentially is all disease because inflammation is at the root cause. So listen, I'm not saying that stress and repression of emotions is the sole cause of disease. But what I am saying is that it can play a significant role in the initiation and progression of disease. And it's often sorely underestimated how significant a role it plays. Aside from all these studies that highlight the role that chronic stress plays in influencing the cancer life cycle from initiation, progression, and survival. Again, I'm going to share those references in the show notes if you're interested. But aside from all those studies, I had my own lived experience with patients diagnosed with melanoma who had histories of significant stress and trauma coupled with recent life stressors immediately preceding their diagnosis. And when I think back on my own experience with early melanoma and what was happening in my life at the time, I was unhappy in my job, overwhelmed by juggling the responsibilities at work and raising a young family and trying to succeed in a culture that definitely did not value my desire to be both a career professional and a devoted caregiver without having to sacrifice one for the other and leaving me feeling like a failure pretty much all of the time. <laughs> it takes its toll. It has a cost. For me personally, it cost me three major surgeries, my uterus, and my ability to grow my family in a way that I imagined. But it also cost the most precious and non-renewable resource of time. Time spent hours, months, years buried under layers of shoulds rather than focusing attention on what truly matters. Which leads me to the crux of this whole episode. <laughs> Why should you? Why should you? What is it that truly matters to you? What is it that you actually want to do rather than what you think you should do? What is it that you really want if you do what you should be doing? Is it safety, validation, connection, belonging? All of these are basic human needs that we all have. But because of our past experience with maybe it was our families or our friends or, or society at large where it may have not felt safe, these needs may have not been met. So we seek out other ways to try and meet those needs. So we think we should do X, Y, or Z because that will fill the void that we're feeling. But the thing is, <laughs> all this should does is create feelings of guilt, disappointment, and self-judgment, which is compounded when the shoulding doesn't get done. And listen, you know I'm all about feeling all the feelings, but not when we use them against ourselves to inflict more hurt and harm. What if we shed the shoulds, <laughs> Like, what if we shed the shoulds? This is where we are going to dare to bear all and go skinny dipping together. So in episode seven, I go through the entire skinny dipping process. So definitely go check that episode out. But for now, I want to walk you through the steps to shed the shoulds. And the first step is bringing your attention to the fact that you're actually shooting on yourself in the first place, right? So many of us have our should on repeat that we don't even notice we're doing it. The first step is being onto yourself and pay attention to the words you use when you're speaking to yourself. 
The second step is raising your awareness of your why. Why do you think you should be doing whatever it is, right? Get curious. Explore and question rather than answering by default. And once you've done that, the next step is allowing. Allowing for those parts of yourself that think you should do X, Y, or Z so that you feel seen or heard or valued. And allow those parts for for doing the job that they're trying to do, even if that job is no longer necessary, right? And may have been created at a time or stage of your life where you felt you needed to create safety and comfort. Even if those parts are undesirable or unwanted, they do have a positive intent. And when we can recognize and allow for them to be there and allow for the realization that all of these shoulds were, were done as a way to meet our needs that had a positive intention for ourselves, it's from this perspective that opens up the portal to compassion and maybe gratitude for that part while also recognizing that those parts of you are not synonymous with who you are. Rather, they're a part of who you are and perhaps At this stage of your life, your relationship with that part requires being redefined, which lends itself to the next step, which is acceptance. Acceptance that you're simply seeking or or needing something you feel that you don't have. and, And there are parts of you that are just trying to meet those needs the best way that they know how. So by paying attention and raising your awareness about your why, allowing for and accepting that you have unmet needs and and letting those needs be known, you then get to take that final step and reclaim your agency to take action and choose on purpose how to best meet those needs in a way that serves you, that supports you and, and feels aligned and authentic to who you truly are at this stage of your life. Listen, there are so many things that we have no control over in our lives whether it's because of social or political or environmental conditions, and we for sure can't control other people or their reactions to us. But what we can do is to do our best to control our own controllables, which boils down to exercising our agency and our authority over who and how we're being in the world, which means taking responsibility to have the response ability rather than reactivity regarding the thoughts, feelings, and actions about the decisions we make that affect our lives. So what if should became, I want to. Try that on for a minute. I want you to just take a moment here and and think of one of your shoulds and substitute that for, I want to. Just check in. How does that feel in your body? Do you notice any areas of tension or or areas of expansion as those words roll around in your mouth? Listen, your body might tense up because the truth is you really don't want to. Maybe you were just saying those things to meet someone else's expectations or, or you didn't want to disappoint someone. So I'm going to ask you to take it one step further to help you know for sure. So instead of should, insert I want to because... And then list your reason or reasons why you want to do or or have whatever that is. So instead of should, insert, I want to because. And just notice when you say your reasons, what happens? Do you truly love your reason for wanting it? And if you don't love your reason, that's cool. 
It's just an opportunity to get curious. What do you really want to do? Because when you know what you really want, that's when you claim your power. You assert your agency and authority to either delegate or delete or, or don't do whatever it is because it's not aligned with what you truly want or need to meet your needs. Listen, I know in theory, this is simple, but in reality, it can be really hard to break well-worn patterns. Like I know it is sure for me. This is how I started this whole episode, right? I know if I'm being honest, I should on myself all the time. I'm in this right there with you, but we can do something about it. And the first thing is giving ourselves some grace. This is a practice and practice requires commitment and consistency so that we can see change. So here's your skinny dipping prescription for this episode. Next time you say, I should, simply pause. And then begin the statement again with, I want to because, and see what happens. Check in with how that feels in your body and honor what that feeling is telling you. As we head into 2023, let's shed our shoulds together and claim our wants to truly meet our needs. I am going to end this episode just expressing my gratitude for your presence, for your willingness to show up. And if this episode resonated with you, it would mean the world to me if you would rate, review, and share it with friends and family. Because together, we rise. And I cannot wait to see you on the next episode of The Skinny Dipping Prescription. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Skinny Dipping Prescription podcast. If you're struggling with anxiety, stress, or feeling uncomfortable in your skin, head over to the show notes to grab the links to take our quiz to find out why that is and what you can do about it. That's yourskincarequiz.com. You can also connect with me at drkirabar.com or on Instagram or get on our mailing list to find out about our upcoming workshops, events, and all the other goodness we share with our community. Getting on our list is the best way to find out all about it. You can grab those links in the show notes. I am so grateful that you're here and I would be honored if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast on social media or perhaps with a friend who needs the support, whatever feels good to you. I hope you have a great week and I can't wait to catch up with you on the next episode of the Skinny Dipping Prescription.